very soon. We're going to start very soon. We have some children that are using up all their energy before they get up there. So we want to welcome you to enjoy our uh, program, Every Good and Perfect Gift. And for those of you that are old enough, think back to when you didn't have a television at home. What did you listen to? A radio. And there were dramas. You could probably name some of those dramas. I only remember a couple because my mother told me the shadow knows. <laughs> she remembered that one because it always scared her to death. And there were several others that were out there. So use your imagination today as we present a radio drama. Also, a couple of things. The preschoolers, when they finish with their part, they're going to be excused to go sit with mom and dad. So when you see your preschooler, walk out, raise your hand so they know where you are. And then Bob and Melissa Warner will be handing out some little goodies. Bob just volunteered to take all the preschoolers home. Um, so they'll be handing out some goodies to the older kids as they exit. Please, parents, take your preschooler and get a packet for them, too, okay? The second thing, or third or fourth, is we invite you to sing quietly with us until we get to the last song, and then we really want you to express your joy. And then on the back of the programs, I hope you got one. It lists all the children's names that are registered for Sunday school. Some of them are here today. Some of them are not. Um, I ask one thing. I really feel bar burdened for our children today. Not just these children, but I really feel like we're in a battle for the minds of our children. I would ask you to take this home, put it in your Bible, and when you open your Bible at home, start praying for these children. Um, they face a tougher world than we ever did, and they really, really need our prayer, our love, our support. As you ch see children running around, stop and say hi to them. Show some love. Shake their hand. Some of them know how to do that. So really support our children, our youth. I also want to thank a couple of our youth. Our youth do not like to do Sunday school programs anymore. They're too old for it. But we have a few that have really, really um, stepped up and they're helping us, for which I appreciate. So, we're going to invite our preschoolers up, and they're going to help us sing, or they're going to sing for us, and then they're going to go sit with mom and dad.
I forgot to make one other announcement. We are missing one of our staff member or cast members. Merle Unstoffer is sick and he made such a great Pharisee. I'm very sad. But Becca Coach is going to read for that and she's going to be Mrs. Pharisee. Every good and perfect gift, a radio drama. Now in the sixth month, the angel, Gabriel, was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Now it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census will be taken of all the inhabited earth. The first census was while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of Nazareth. Act 1, At Home in Nazareth. We join Mary and Joseph as they prepare for their journey to Bethlehem. Their table is covered with blankets, loaves of bread, clothing, shoes, and of course, baby items. And the pile was growing rapidly. Mary, are you almost ready? Almost. Just a few thing, things more. Let's see, I have the blankets, some food, baby clothes, diapers, part of crib, a certified donkey seed, formula, the baby... Formula, pacifier, receiving blankets, bottle warmer, baby wipes, burp clothes, more diapers, and of course, the baby front pack carrier and my designer diaper bag. Several changes of clothes for the baby and me, you know, in case he spits up on me or worse yet, has blown out. Oh, and of course, the swaddlers. Am I missing anything? Mary, I could only afford one donkey. You are going to have to cut that down to only one carry-on bag. There just isn't room for all, all of that, and us too. You're going to have to pare down quite a bit. But Joseph, we are taking the Son of God with us. Can you imagine the Son of God, us with the Son of God? I know. I've been thinking about what if, you know, like, he says, Hello, world, somewhere along the road. Doesn't that worry you a little? Joseph, God has a plan, and he's in control. I just wish he would share some of the details of his plan with me. I would feel a lot better if I knew how having a son, having the son of God in our house is going to work. I mean, who's going to say, do it because I said so, us or him? God has trusted us to take care for him, so we just need to trust God. Trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. Okay, well, I guess we're off then. We're all packed, and I've got the money for the end. 
Joseph kneels down and speaks to Mary's tummy to have a word with Jesus. Jesus, I know I'm not telling you what to do here, but it would be real convenient if you would just stay in there at least until we get to Bethlehem. Everything will be fine, Joseph, just the way God has planned it. Act Two, Two Robbers. The road from Nazareth to Bethlehem often has some unsavory characters. Let's join Mary and Joseph on the way. I truly hope they don't run into any of the highwaymen that we've heard about on the news lately. Joseph, are you sure you know the way to Bethlehem? Do you think we should ask someone for directions? I've got this covered, Mary. Don't worry about it. I know exactly where we are, kind of. Oh no, two robbers are lying in wait for the unsuspecting travelers along the road. The two have become quite notorious among the senseless travelers. Rufus is a mean-looking guy and is carrying an oversized knife. Omar is wearing an odd shade of pink? Okay, you two, hand over your money. Yes, we're robbers, for real. Not kidding, we're real robbers. Be quiet, Omar. Now give us our money. Yeah, and you better give it to us because we're really dangerous. Don't be fooled, I'm wearing pink. My mom washed her clothes with a red tablecloth. Be quiet, Omar. Now hand over your money before I have to get really tough with you. There's no need for violence. You may have the money. Consider it a gift from God. You don't need to give it to us because we're taking it. We steal things. That's what we do. You can't steal what's been given to you. We are stealing it, aren't we, Rufus? We were stealing it first, and we were stealing it before you wanted to give it to us. Weren't we, Rufus? Be quiet, Omar. Give them the money, Joseph. But Mary, how will we pay for the room in Bethlehem? God is in control. We just have to trust him. As Joseph hands over the pouch with the coins, he looks upwards with his hands raised. Trusting, trusting, trusting. I will pray for you both that one day you will see the far greater value found in God's riches. There's no need for you to be all nice and stuff. We're, we're trying to be mean, right, Rufus? Be quiet, Omar. You may pass on. We sure robbed them, didn't we, Rufus? Next time, can I hold the knife? I want to hold the knife be real bad. Can I, Rufus? Be quiet, Omar. two shepherds. After the incident with the robbers, Mary and Joseph thank God for his protection over them and ask for his protection and his love as they journey onward toward Bethlehem. Passing through the fields, they come across two children, Esther and Thomas, who are watching over their family's sheep. Thomas, do you believe in God? I've never seen God, so why should I? But don't you think you can see God everywhere? Who do you think made the sun, the moon, and the star? Who do you think made us? I don't know, Westworld. But I think whoever made you needed a little more practice. If there is a God, I'll believe it when he shows up somewhere I can reach out and touch him. How can he be so doubting, Thomas, when there's so much evidence that God is real? And maybe he will show up one day and you'll have the chance to reach out and touch him and believe. Why, God with us, like that's ever going to happen. Maybe he loves us that much. Hold on, I think someone's coming. That could be gone now. Or maybe it's the tooth fairy. 
Hi, I'm Mary, and we're heading to Bethlehem for the census. And I'm Esther, and this is Thomas. You poor girl, aren't you cold? Wouldn't you share your blanket with your friend? That's not my friend, it's my sister. No way I'm sharing my blanket with her. <laughs> He's my older brother. He says it's written somewhere in the Shepherd's Rule book that the oldest gets the blanket when it gets cold. Rule 37, look it up. Still, wouldn't it be kind to share the blanket in such cold weather? In disregard, Rule 37? No way! Mary hands Esther her blanket. Well, here, take this blanket. My husband and I will share our other blanket. Sharing and kindness is straight from God's rule book. Trusting, trusting, trusting. Thank you, Mary. Just consider it a gift from God. Thomas, I felt God near just then, didn't you? I just felt they were crazy to give away the blanket. Thomas, I don't think you'd recognize God if you were standing right next to him. Hey, Rule 38 says the oldest gets the best blanket, so give it to me. Where can I get a copy of this rule book anyway? You should just trust your big brother. I think I like God's rule book better. Two Orphans and a Pharisee. Traveling along, Mary's getting increasingly tired. The baby within her is additional weight, and she needs rest from food. They come upon a scene that is very disturbing. A Pharisee and two small orphan children are seen by the side of the road. One child is blind, and the other is trying to take care of her blind sister. What are you doing? Why are you eating grass? My sister, who is blind, and I have not had anything to eat for days. Oh, since I am such a good and holy man, a religious leader of great importance, and a just and an all-around superb example of godliness, I am going to help you. So come along and follow me. I have plenty to eat at my house. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. You are so wonderful. I know, I know. I'm pretty awesome. I'm pretty sure God knocked it out of the park when he made me. I try to be especially kind to little nobodies like you kids. Come along now quickly. I have plenty of grass for you to eat at my yard at home. The children just look at him with disbelief and continue eating the grass. 
Pharisee looks at them and shakes his head, almost losing his hat. I'm grateful, little nobodies. After watching the scene, Mary and Joseph step up to the children. Oh, you dear children, you must be so hungry after not having anything but grass to eat for many days. Please have this loaf of bread. It's all that we have to give to you. Consider it to be a gift from God. Trusting, trusting, trusting. Thank you, lady. As she thanks Mary, the child just happens to touch Mary's stomach. There's a short pause as the child looks around. What just happened? I see things. I touched you, lady, and I can see. Who are you? It is God who, who has been, who has sent fit to restore your sight. It is God who gives every good and perfect gift. Mary and Joseph continue on. What did she mean? It was God? Was that lady God? No, I think pretty much... Hey, wait. I no, I think God pretty much hangs out in heaven. Are you sure? Because who else could give sight to the blind? Maybe it was God and maybe it really is God. Who has given us the bread from heaven? Act 5, The Whining Widow. Mary and Joseph continue on to Bethlehem. They are getting closer and feeling a little relieved that their journey will soon be coming to an end. They come upon an old lady walking along the road, all bent over in her bare feet and carrying a very heavy load. What a heavy load you're carrying. Isn't there someone to help you? Don't I wish, lady. Don't I wish. No, I'm just a poor old widow lady with no one else in the whole wide world to help me do anything. And here I am, as crooked as a barrel full of fish hooks and as slow as a three-legged camel with a sore toe. You poor dear. And I have this big old boil right here on my side that feels like hot burning coals. Such pain you wouldn't believe. I'm sorry you're in, in such pain. And I ain't got no shoes to wear, so my feet feel like I am walking on nails all the time. I can see it coming. <laughs> yes, yes. Please take my sandals. Consider them a gift from God. More of God's plan, yes. Trusting. And I've got this throbbing in my elbow. It's going kerthump, kerthump, kerthump all the time. Pray that you don't get a kerthumping in your elbow. May God comfort, comfort and bless you. Mary and Joseph continue on their journey. And the old plumbing ain't what it used to be either, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Act 6, The Three Wise Women. Mary and Joseph are within sight of Bethlehem. Their long journey is almost at an end. On the outskirts of the town, they meet up with three other travelers. Three wise women. They approached Mary and Joseph for information and directions. We know that they were wise women because men would never ask for directions. And women were always give too much information for such a simple request. Excuse me, we're following the star which is leading us to a newborn king. And it seems to have stopped here. We have come for the east, bearing gifts for the baby king. I brought diapers. And I crocheted a blanket and some booties for him. And 
I'm giving him adorable little onesies. We're thinking we could throw a baby shower for this mother, you know, with desserts and baby gifts and baby shower bingo. I'm going to make a casserole. <laughs> we brought desserts, too. We brought decorations, too, like streamers and balloons and that kind of stuff. Have you heard of a king be <laughs> Have you heard of a king being born nearby? Well, I believe the king you are looking for will be found just ahead in Bethlehem. Thanks, lady. Come on, girls. Let's get our nails done before the shower. <laughs> Act 7, The Innkeeper. Mary and Joseph finally arrive in Bethlehem. They make their way through the streets to look for a room at the inn. They knock at door after door, but with everyone here for the census, there is no room. Finally, they approach the last inn. God, I'm trying to trust. Innkeeper, we need a place to stay. Do you have any room available in your inn? No room. But sir, my wife is about to have a child and we must find a place to stay. No room. Think of the baby, please. No room. Trusting, trusting, trusting. We only need a need small place, please. No room. We have no money, but here, you may have our last blanket if you will only give us a small place to sleep. Okay, come on. Give me the blanket and follow me. The innkeeper takes the blanket and leads Mary and Joseph to the stable behind the inn. Where there are many animals. Here it is. Does its sweet aroma not delight your nostrils? Is its beauty not a feast to your eyes? Did Solomon in all of his glory dwell in such splendor? Is it not a palace suitable for a king? Yes, suitable for a king. While they were in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you great news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Mary gave away many gifts on her way to Bethlehem. She gave them all in the name of God, but God gave the greatest gift. It was the most precious gift he could give, his only son, Jesus Christ, a good and perfect gift. Good job. Oh, good. They're way cuter than the people, or the person who's normally up here talking, so good job, guys. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you all for, for being here, for, for coming and watching this, and with that, I say especially thank you to those of you who, who put, helped put this on, who worked with our kids and getting them prepared, and just really for the whole school year and all the work that's been done um, leading up to 
um, this the presentation. And so I think we have a gift. You guys want to give those? So for me, as a parent, it's like a joy to just see our kids come home from, from Sunday school and to hear what they've learned and to hear them talk about just the work that God is doing through Sunday school and in their lives. And so we're very thankful for all that takes place during Sunday school here. And uh, the thing that they've rehearsed and the thing they always hear about is like this good news that Jesus came for them to, to die in their place for the forgiveness of their sins. And so we're, we're thankful for the way they've shared that story with us this morning. Um, and so... As, uh, as we close, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to sing one final song. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for this story that we just get to experience and hear from this group of kids, uh, that you, you worked through the lives of Mary and Joseph and the people they encountered in their lives to, to bring about the birth of your son, that, that Jesus came, he left the, the glories of heaven, he came to be born of, of a woman to, to live in a broken and sinful world, to, to walk with us, to identify with us, to to be tempted in every way as we are, and yet to live his life without sin. We, we thank you for all that is represented in Christmas and in the story we just saw. So I pray that you would, you would be at work in each one of our lives during this season to make that, that story feel real to us, that we would embrace um, all that you've done for us in Jesus and that anyone hasn't trusted in Jesus, they would trust in him. That for those of us who have trusted in Jesus, we would be spurred on to glorifying you through um, being reminded of all that you've done for us in Jesus. Praise all in Jesus' name. Amen.